Welcome everyone to the Hunting Timothy, the Books of Magic comic book podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And this week we are doing volume two of Books of Magic, issue number six, uh, with written by John Nate Reber and Peter Gross. <clears throat> so we're back to our original artist after last week uh, stepping away for a little bit for a one-off book. And this is part one of Sacrifices. So one of three. Um, this one starts off with the trench coat brigade. Um, we haven't seen them since the miniseries now, right? Correct. And I'm kind of getting the impression, if I'm remembering the miniseries correctly, that when John had to bolt and Zantana kept an eye on Tim, this was ta- this is the part that was taking place. Because he never really went into it. This is the what was actually happening. So the Trenchcoat Brigade are in Calcutta. And they're going to t- go after... Uh, the Cult of the Flame. The, the cult, thank you. I was blanking on the... I wanted to say Ice Flame, and I knew that wasn't it. Um, Which is funny, because it's run by Mr. E. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. Well, that so, explains his hatred for Tim. Yeah. Huh. And his cult is the one that wants to kill Tim. These other guys couldn't figure that out? Apparently not. Wow. Yeah, you have some immortals, you have some guys that have near godlike powers, and they couldn't figure that out. So, they're walking down this alleyway uh, to take care of the Cult of the Flame, and Constantine's being his witty self. I absolutely loved his comments on these pages or on this page and they're fighting the cult of the flame not a whole lot going conversation they're just John standing up for Tim again after uh, mysteries like kids should just be dead <laughs> yeah right um, so next page Tim is waking up from a nightmare or it looks like he's trying to wake up from a nightmare and so he's laying in bed you see his eyes wide open, but then it goes to like a few panels where he is falling off this cliff. So you don't know if he's like remembering the dream. Does he sleep with his eyes open? Not sure. Or it's an, and he determines it's an altar and he decides he's going to go check on his dad and he makes the comment after we had this conversation last week about how you never see Tim's dad out of his chair. Um, Tim notes that is he doesn't know why his dad even bothers having a bed. Uh, he just sleeps in his chair. He never gets out of his chair. And he offers to make his dad breakfast if he'd just get up, and his dad doesn't move at all. Nope. So Tim's heading out the door. And notices that he's getting new neighbors. And he also noticed that they're having uh, professional movers moving their furniture in for him. You don't see that a lot around here. So he figures that they got to be fairly well-to-do. 
then we jump ahead and he is in school and he is trying to figure out uh, a math equation and all of a sudden he slaps the back of his or he kind of puts his hand up to the back of his neck and well, the funny thing is like Tim has problems with triangles you know <laughs> like, okay so this thing has three sides right okay um, yeah so Tim's, not, Tim's smart in some ways not, not in some others. But he puts his hand back to the back of his neck and he yells, Al. And the teacher calls him out on it. And she's like, no, I'm fine. As he looks down and he sees a rubber band on his desk, he knows somebody shot a rubber band at him. And he turns around and sees that it was Molly that did so. If you remember, we met Molly in the last issue. And he goes back to try and figure out what the triangle thing. Yeah, what is a bloody hypotenuse anyway? (laughs) (laughs) And as they're sitting there, uh, the teacher introduces a new student. Um, her name's Lee. She just transferred from California, uh, Los Angeles, as a matter of fact. Did not say if she lived in a dumpster with a gun. Um, <laughs> that's what they were You're saying. Right. <laughs> there's, there's no comment about that? <laughs> you guys None. And Tim is kind of dumbfounded. He... He has a smirk on his face, like, oh, she's pretty or cute or whatever teenage boys think. And um, then we jump over to Tim's dad, and he's complaining about the mail being a bunch of bills. And the neighbor comes over to introduce himself in his very 90s stylish hairdo with the long ponytail. Seemed like it's, all the. It's very. I'm trying to think of the movie Warlock. Remember Adrian Sands with his slick black blonde hair with the ponytail? See, I was thinking Highlander, the TV show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's see that. Same thing. Yeah. And the new neighbor comes over to introduce himself to Bill, and his name is Martin. And he mentioned how he saw Tim leaving this morning. It seems like a fine young man. And, um, goes, you know, your wife must be very proud. Obviously that pushes Tim's dad down a dark well because the mom has passed away and saying there's not been a Miss Hunter for years. And Martin's like, yeah, I, I have the same issue. My own, my own wife passed away. And he starts telling a story of how <clears throat> it was his fault that she died. Um, they had been celebrating on their anniversary, driving back home, and she died in his arms. And this whole time he's messing with the hunter's car, and Bill just kind of loses it at um, at that <clears throat> and gets all upset about losing his wife um, and goes into a sobbing episode and Martin comes up with a red handkerchief and wipes off tears from Bill's eye, which obviously kind of an odd thing for a guy to do to another guy. And Bill turns around swinging. Um, I love how he calls him a poof. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bit of a poof too, aren't you? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't, just I don't know what s- Flash Bastard means, but it's pretty funny too. Well, <clears throat> I kind of took that as a like flashy, be, mm, more. I don't, I guess I read it because I, you know, it's taking the imaging into context as well. That <clears throat> is that another way of saying um, somebody is gay or something? Okay, so I looked up on Urban Dictionary what a flash mm-hmm. bastard is. Uh, British slang for a rich person who exhibits poor taste. Ah! So there we go. There you are. Thank you. The, the example is, Jerry's been checking the time all night just so he can show off his Rolex. The flash bastard. Ah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So Martin goes back home. And there's this big bulky guy moving furniture, and you find out. Well, you don't. I guess you don't find out, but uh, I guess the well, reference he says is it right there. there. Yeah, he's a golem. So the stone creature um, doesn't get a talk or can't talk or anything. Just does the work for Martin, and he's kind of talking about uh, how. Golems never speak or sweats. Um, it's the men who foul up the air with their opinions and fetter um, working brutes like Hunter. And so he's sitting at, is that supposed to be a table or a piano? I think it's supposed to be a table. I think it's a table. So the image on the one page kind of looks like it could be a like a grand piano type. I'm thinking... Okay, so we go back to, to Tim's dream and see the black table that he's about mm, to fall onto, the altar. Yep. That's the exact table that Tim sees in his dream. Good catch. Very nice. So Martin has this cloth where he has Tim's dad's tear in it, and he performs some magic on it and forms a little potion bottle. Well, while he's sitting there, um, a woman comes up in a mirror <laughs> and starts talking to him. And it's Olivia, who we have not met before. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what was that? Nope, we have not met her. Okay. Um, and the, they apparently kind of have like a love-hate relationship. They get along well enough where they can talk to each other, but they're jabbing each other as much as possible as it goes to talking about who his next conquest is going to be. um, Stop pretending. And she's telling him to leave the boy alone, obviously leave Tim alone. And he's like, well, he's got the most potential. and could be a formidable magician of the age and it needs to be nurtured. And so she's like, so you're trying to be his mentor or you're saying you want to be his mentor, but you actually mean you want to be his master. And he's like, yeah, well, the boy needs me either way. And you find out that he is kind of a part of the flame because she makes reference to, uh, you weren't at the Citadel, uh, half a hundred initiates of the flame and minions galore. Um, and the boy's protectors shredded them. So, the trench coat brigade, which we started off with, they 
they tore through them. And um, she made the comment, the stranger, uh, Constantine, oh, never mind. And in the meantime, Martin's picking up two uh, spikes. They kind of remind me of railroad spikes. And he walks over to the mirror. And for whatever reason, she's got both of her hands up on the mirror. And he takes the spikes and just pounds them into the mirror. And now she's trapped with her hands up on the mirror. And he goes over to this cabinet. He's got all these potions full of mirror. They're full of mirror, excuse me, full of tears. And then we jump back over and um, we see Molly standing on the side of the wall. And Tim's walking out. And um, Tim asks her if she's walking. And she jokingly says, well, my chauffeur's late. And so they start walking. And Tim's walking really fast. And she's like, why are you walking so fast? And Tim's like, nothing. What, what are you, why are you walking so slow? And they run across Lee, who is doing yoga or something out in the middle of a field. Right. And if you're communicating, if you're communicating with something, we can come back. Or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Don't let us stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Molly, I tell you that that's funny. And she's like, and Lee's like, oh, that's okay. I'm finishing up. The part where Tim asks Molly where she gets all the rubber bands from, you kind of wonder how many times she shoots rubber bands at it. <laughs> it's typical, like, girl crush. Right. High. Right. She's like, oh, <laughs> messed with you all day. All right. So they're, they're walking in. Uh, Lee asks him where they're going and Molly's like home just home no work exciting she's like cool where's home and Tim says Ra- Raven Knoll Estate and she goes oh both of you and they're like yeah she's like oh I am too and um, she goes it's sort of a dump but I like it you know it's real unlike California and Molly's like, oh, yeah, sure, I can imagine. And um, Molly's like, well, you shouldn't have any problems making any friends here um, with the funny accent and the right accessories. will work wonders, you know. Oh, absolutely, it's a style thing. You've got to let, to let people know where you're coming from. So <laughs> Lee doesn't get quite the fact that Molly's like, bug off. Yeah, you... Run- the look on Tim's face when she joins, like the walk, he's like super excited, right? And then Molly, he's got crushing disdain on her face. Oh yeah, like oh god, idiot, go down here, right? Kind of look. <laughs> and they're walking along. They run across a cat, and just a stray cat looks filthy, um, very bony. <laughs> Tim's like bony, right? It looks like he's about to kill over. And Lee goes to touch the cat and it swings at her and she yells at it, filthy thing. And you get this almost the coloring of it almost makes her look evil. Um, yeah, it looks like she grew some claws too. Yeah. Like her fingers went to sharp points. And Molly picks up the cat and he back off um yeah he's filthy um but he's alive i'm gonna go take care of him 
And she asks him if she's going to come along. Uh, or is he a dot? Uh, excuse me. Or is he auditioning for something after this afternoon? And Tim's just like <laughs> dumbfounded, not sure what to do. Um, and Molly's talking to the cat as they walk away, um, saying that she, it's a fine cat. We go back over to Martin. Um, was it Olivia? Is that her name? Yeah, is still hanging in the mirror there. And Martin is mixing up a potion and he's asking why would, why did she, he come here or she come and warn him? Uh, Was that your own idea or somebody prompt you to do it? Save him from himself. And uh, Olivia's like, let's just get this over with. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to sing. Just do whatever you're going to do. And he goes very well. And mixes a potion, and it looks like he throws it, throws something in the the pot where he's making the potion, mm-hmm. and makes a cracking sound. Then we see Martin walking out, and Lee's coming in to the same house, and Martin's asking how the first day of school was, and Lee's like, "That boy's going to be very easy." Um, the low boy was easy. This kid's going to be even easier. I'm pretty sure he's never even been kissed. I doubt if he's even held, even has held hands. And Martin's very happy about that. Um, he's like, well, I'm going to go to work now. Uh, there's doves in the kitchen, like doves, the bird, not the candy bar or ice cream bar, um, in the kitchen, if you're hungry and your box is in your bedroom and I'll let you out at the appropriate time. And then Lee starts having conversation to herself. Um, and I thought about this when I was reading this. Kids nowadays may have a very hard time reading this because this is written in cursive. Right. You're not <laughs> teaching that anymore. <laughs> I had a problem with on a couple of them. I'm like, wait, what does that say? Oh, there it is. Okay, got it. Um, so she makes a comment that Martin's mad. Um, and how uh, it must be the soul in humans that make people the way they are. Um, She even says maybe men wouldn't be so uh, crazy if their souls weren't um, jerking them around all the time. And she goes, doves don't have souls. They're the same. And I am too. And then she ends up going up to her room. And there's this very tiny, I would say it's, to give you an idea, is the size of like a pie box that you would get from um, yeah, kind of like Village Inn or something. A, a thinner candy box. Yeah, yeah. With a circular emblem on the top of it. Um. And she's just talking to herself more about the craziness. Um, And she even makes a comment, uh, why do they always want you to wear clothes that make them want to undress you? And why do they always want to know what your name is? Um, And we hop over to the next page, and I'm assuming these are Martin's hands from 
what we saw earlier. Yeah, they're Martins. And so there's this big panel, and it's showing Martin's hands working over this uh, magical pot. And we see Tim's dad in three smaller boxes in that same panel. And so he's working this potion, and Martin's making a comment how he likes to work with tears, um, blood and spattle, uh, whose origins are purely physical. Tears are from the soul, so they have a little more connection. And then get down to the next panel, and he's adding these tears into this potion. And then we see Tim in his room in three little tiny panels. Again, you get the big panel as it's being put in and Tim's looking out the window and all of a sudden something explodes and Tim hears his dad yelling. He's running down. Dad, dad, dad. And his dad is in his chair on fire. Um, What's that? called when humans bust into flames spontaneous combustion spontaneous combustion yes doing a spontaneous combustion uh sorry spontaneous human combustion spontaneous spontaneous combustion can just happen in your garage human combustion is when a human bursts into flame and that's how it ends for this week martin starts playing a major part not that he hasn't already lee's a major part we see lee going forward for a long time in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, the repercussions of what happened with Tim's dad um, really affects how the book moves forward. You know, um, the, I think this is where it really kind of starts. Um, all this has been about Tim up to this point, kind of figuring himself out and magic out. And now we're moving towards um him having to take on a little bit more responsibility. Um, and just thinking about it, we never really even saw Tim using any magic in this at all. Nope. Um, so that's where we're headed. What do you think, Nick? I like how they're actually explained where his mom is in this yeah. and how she died in a car crash. And it's the dad's fault, and that's why he's missing an arm, because of the car crash. Very Harry Potter, may I say? Because Lily and James Potter died in a car crash, is what the cover story was. And in this, his mom died in a car crash. So, but not his mom. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the mom I really, I really wish they would have explained how Titania made his mom think that she gave birth to him. I don't think they ever really did, did they? No. It just seemed like a guy who just got dropped off. Right. Yeah. Hagrid just put her on a on his doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> Falconer just dropped him off. <laughs> yep. We're going to put him with these muggles. <laughs> wow. But I mean, I suppose you could use, they could have used magic to make her think that too. I don't right. know. 
it would have been nice if they would actually have explained a little bit more yes. about that. But, but they have so many little intertwining weaves or right. things going on in the background that they have to keep up with. Um, you got to figure something's going to get missed every once in a while. Well, I guess that it's, will wrap. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it, it's nice to actually see characters that are going to stay more than two. Oh, issues. yeah. Yeah. So. Um, no, and I that's. I really like the groundwork with this book um, because you don't realize how big of an impact some of these characters that we're starting to meet are going to have until we get further down the line. Right. And you're really like, oh, I thought that was just a bit part. Right. Like old um, Tim. From the future, mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of, you kind of forget that he's around if you, you know, if you think that like, like last issue was just like like an offshoot story, one off type deal, right? Right, because that's what they've been throwing at you. It's like mm-hmm. two two issues here, two issues there. You know, the Manticore, and that's done. That's never, you know, and Titania and the Falconer, and done, done. Uh, Death, she's that story's done. Um, yeah, I mean, they've been throwing like two issue story arcs at you the whole time so far, and you're kind of like, uh, well, that's a character that's never going to show up again. That's a character that's never going to show up again. So, and this is where it starts, where you start seeing those characters that you're going to start seeing these repetitive characters. Yep. All right. Any other last thoughts? No. Can't wait for next one. Can't wait for issue seven. It's Only a good uh, one. We're we're one tenth of the way in, <laughs> so. but we're starting to get into the really good stuff. Yes, I know we keep saying that, but it just keeps on building on itself, and it, that's why it keeps on getting better and better. So, all right, with that, we'll call it a night and uh, say adieu. All right, guys, see you next week. Later, bye.